0: James chapter two. We want to focus on just uh, verses fourteen to sixteen. James chapter two, verse fourteen and sixteen, for our, our main text uh, this evening. Although we'll uh, we'll change around to a few different passages. Today is uh, Palm Sunday, which is a great time of uh, of celebrating. When Jesus just came into His triumphant entry into Jerusalem, only a few days before He was later crucified on the cross there, just outside of Jerusalem, as He goes in, He he rides in on a a donkey, and uh, His disciples start saying praises to Him for all the different miracles that He's done. And they start chanting, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, praise Him. And all the followers of Jesus started laying down uh, their cloaks and uh, the branches of uh, some palm branches in the path of this donkey as uh, to as a symbol of royalty. That this is our, our king, our leader. Worthy is this king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they lay these palm branches uh, on his path, and uh, he has this triumphant entry into uh, into Jerusalem. We know that Jesus never came to this earth to be a triumphant king in that way, an earthly king that the people of Israel were looking for. They had seen him do many miracles. They had heard him teach about the kingdom of God and and um, and how that they could be a part of it. And yet, many of the people who were followers of Jesus at the time were still looking for an earthly king who would lead them in military triumph over the the vicious Roman government who would oppress them. They were singing here, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise be to this Jesus, our King. But only a few days later, their, quick, their faith quickly seemed to fade away. And when there were times that were tough, they were nowhere to be found. And many of those same voices who cried, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Only a few days later would have cried, crucify him. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been working our way through some of our vision and direction as a church. we talked some about worship and how important it is that we, we worship God together and celebrate who he is, that we sing out his praises we want to look for ways to do that better as a church and involve more people from the, the family uh, in our times of worship. We've talked about ministry and how important it is that we, we seek to minister alongside one another, recognizing the gifts that God has blessed each one with uh, and, uh, and seek to, to minister together, to care for uh, people who are part of our church family, part of our community, and to care for one another as we seek to minister together, sharing God's love and the hope that we have in Him. We talked the other week about family and uh, what it means to be part of the Lakes family. What it is to be part of the family of God and how we're not in this alone, but we serve alongside one another in this church. We serve alongside one another in the community. There are other Christians in the community. There are other Christian churches that we work alongside. We're seeking to minister together. We are part of a big family. And uh, with that come some challenges sometimes. Uh, some family can present challenges, but with that presents a lot of joys. And we are called to work together. We're called to, to stick together and to love each other as family, to serve together as family. And this, today is the, the final message on this vision and direction in which we want to talk about uh, a community of faith leading people to change, recognizing the needs that are in our community and seeking to lead uh, them to change. We want to make sure that as a, a family of faith, that our faith is growing and that we're leading one another Closer and closer to Christ. And that we're trying to follow Him faithfully together with our lives. A life that leads to change. And Scripture challenges us to, uh, to recognize and to serve the needs of others. Let me read for you in James chapter 2, beginning of verse 14. It says this, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed. But you do nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Let me just pray for us. Dear God, I thank you and I praise you for the precious gift of your word. I thank you, Lord, for the way that your Holy Spirit guides us through it. Give us your wisdom and understanding. Teach us your ways. Challenge us, Lord, to be the church you want us to be. May we be faithful and true to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, the Bible says here in James that if our faith in God, if the fact that we say we, we trust in God and we give him our lives, if that faith doesn't lead to a practical care of others, it's pointless. In fact, it says it's dead. That sort of faith is not a living faith. It's not a true faith. It's not an honest faith. It's one thing to say that you believe in Jesus. It's a whole other to actually put your trust in Him, to follow Him with our lives. And it's, The writer here in James is saying, if we're, not, if we're completely following Him with our lives, if we really have faith in God, and we're really living for Him, then that is going to show itself in, in works of, of care for others. Now, this is a great passage in James. I want to challenge you go back and read uh, James 2 a bit later on today. There's some great challenges in there about faith. And, and part of that is saying that if there are deeds alone, that's pointless. It's not saying we have our faith in God because we do good works. There's not a, no amount of good works that we could do that would win our salvation with God. There's no amount of good that we could do that would buy that salvation, that eternal life. But it is saying because we have been given eternal life, because we have the hope of glory in our hearts, because we've dedicated our lives to God and His Spirit is in us, that is going to bring about change in us. We're going to start recognizing the needs of others. We're going to start addressing that. It leads us to to worship. It leads us to praise. But worship in itself is wonderful. Teaching others about Jesus in, in our ministries and service is incredibly important. Being part of the family, as we've talked about uh, last week, is is really important for us as Christians to encourage and support one another. Serving together is, is huge, but it doesn't just stop there. We are called to care. We are called to respond. We are called to love and to provide and to lead others in this sort of change. Now, it is important that we see the needs around us. We live in a community where the needs are huge. It's important to see that need. I mean, locally, uh, there are lots and lots and lots of families or individuals struggling with domestic violence. In fact, uh, the stats for our part of the coast is that we have more families struggling with domestic violence than almost any community in, in the whole state. We're one of the highest in the country. Domestic violence is huge. Our local police department tell me that four out of every five calls that they go to are for domestic violence. Um, The police in our local area struggle to get constables to to commit to working uh, in our local area because they are having to put themselves in harm's way day after day, caring uh, for others who are experiencing domestic violence. Poverty is huge in our area. Domestic violence is huge in our area. Mental health challenges is huge in our area. Unemployment and low education are huge needs in our community. We have to be able to, as a church, as a people of God, as followers of Jesus, see the needs that are around us. And sometimes when you see the need, it can become overwhelming. It just says, wow, this is... This is too much for me. I remember being almost, uh, almost fresh off the plane from the hills of Kentucky, coming into the Sydney. Uh, Lindy and I went on a kind of a, a date day in the, the city, and uh, taking the trains. I've never seen a passenger train before. I've seen them in my movies and stuff. i never seen. I, I remember taking a photo of the train, and Lindy's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "It's a train. I've never seen a train p- passenger train." She's like, well, you're going to see a whole lot of them. So, yeah. She wasn't as thrilled with it as I was. But I was just fascinated being in the city. And uh, because I'm from this small little town, I'd never really been in a big city before. And uh, I'm walking along, and I- I'm probably like just like a little kid walking in the city for the first time. So I'm just walking, and looking at these buildings, and it just is all amazing to me. But I remember being so confronted the first time I walked down, I was at. Uh, James Street Station, uh, almost in the heart of the city there, and I walked down into the station and as we were walking down to a train, some of you have been there plenty of times you know we had to walk we walked past homeless person after homeless person after homeless person now i wasn 't as shocked with the homelessness i 've seen homelessness all my life i 've seen people in extreme poverty all my life. What I was amazed by is how everybody just kept going. Everybody just walked on by them. And I was told by some some friends, no, oh, no, no, don't don't pay any them any attention. Just keep walking on by. Yeah. Now, as we walked by and we're walking to our train and everyone's busy in the city, and you're going to your next thing, and we're we were connecting that we were anyway, we walked to James Street, we're getting on the train to go somewhere else. And um, you walk on by all of these people who my heart, and it broke because I thought, these are people. These aren't just, there's not like just blankets laying here. There are people underneath these blankets laying there, sleeping on the streets. When I was confronted with that sort of poverty, which is right there in Sydney, when I was confronted with that sort of need, it could become overwhelming for us. And even when I look around our own community, I know already, I've been here three years or so, I I know so many people who are trying to escape domestic violence or they've experienced domestic violence. And some who are perpetrators and wanting to get help, some who have tried to escape and don't know how, some who have experienced it over and over again, and they want to help others. Who who, and, And the need is overwhelming sometimes when we recognize that. But we have to... We have to put those glasses on at times and and see with clear eyes the need that is around us locally. We have to see the needs that are around us globally. We have to recognize that the life we live in Australia, this is not normal for the majority of the world. The the uh, The majority of the world's population live in the most extreme poverty. They have limited skills to ever change those circumstances. There's war and conflict which which stop them from changing those circumstances. There's persecution, mostly religious persecution, in many countries around the world. And the majority of the Christians in the world are, are under extreme persecution. And as a people of God, we have to, again... Put the glasses on and see with clear eyes that there is strong need out there. And we can worship and we can sing and we can serve each other in our community. And and we could all, we could, we could just come each Sunday. We could sing together, we could get to know each other, we could learn to love one another, we could be working together really smoothly, but never reaching into those needs, never really recognizing those needs, and we fail. Because part of that love of God is not just love us and comfort us and surround us with cushions, but it's to go out and to serve in the rough. It's to encourage us with who God is and fill us with the hope that we have in Him so that we can go out and we can serve. We can recognize the needs that are around us and we can try our best to meet those needs. As the people of God, we're called to do more Not only to be aware of the needs, but to be active, to be involved, to be striving to seek to lead people to change their situation toward the better. In the book of Matthew, we find the words of Jesus as he talks about kind of a, a, a time of great judgment. And God sits on his throne and Jesus is right there beside him. And Jesus says to the followers of his followers, the people standing before Jesus, he said, Come, all of you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you, you took me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now the followers of Jesus, standing before God's throne, are puzzled. And they say to him, Jesus, when did we ever do this stuff? When did we ever see you hungry and look after you or thirsty and give you a drink? When were you ever in prison and we came to visit you? And Jesus said to them, Whenever you've done, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. It's in Matthew chapter 25, verses 24 to 40. Jesus says, whenever you've cared for even the least of these, whenever you've taken the time to stop and to see the need and to try to do whatever you can to meet that need, you have cared for me. How can we as a church be part of that change? How can we help to meet those needs? You think, well, what can I do against... Such huge needs. The police feel like their hands are tied. The, the government feel like they're limited in the resources they can provide. What can we do? We, as, as a church, we have to make sure that the mission that we support, uh, the groups out there that we try to support, are, are consistently trying to provide these sorts of services, trying to bring about uh, change in the lives of people. Trying to not um, put a Band-Aid on a wound, I guess, but really heal uh, the sores and and lead people to change. Locally, we have things like Lakes Care Community Services, uh, LCCS, through through the Nostosh Cafe, are providing fellowship and practical support for residents there in the caravan park uh, who are doing it tough. We have Restoring Dignity, who works with the Social Work Department at the hospital, to provide real and practical care for those people in need, to try to change their circumstances. You have an opportunity to support uh, Restoring Dignity Through the Bake Sale, and in Nostosh, uh, you have an opportunity to get to know some of those um, interesting people up at the caravan park as we serve lunch for them today. And I hope that you'll grab these opportunities and make the most of them. Globally, we try to make sure that we're serving missionaries and, and mission groups who are leading to, to real change in the lives of, of individuals. With the Pioneers, currently we support uh, Doug and Lisa Town as they, they work with refugees from all around the world, sharing the hope of Jesus and helping them to settle here in Australia through some practical support, teaching them about Jesus and the, uh, giving them spiritual hope as well. Global Interaction that we supported for a number of years, they, um, they work with some of the least reached people groups in the world, Uh, Least reach uh, being less than than 2% um, Christian is usually their their basis on on why they support a certain group. And we've supported uh, Tobin and Heather Houston for uh, a number of years now as they do some linguistic work trying to actually bring the gospel, uh, the Bible, uh, to many of the people in some of the most remote areas, uh, villages and remote families in Mozambique. They're translating God's word into their own language for the first time so that they can hear uh, the stories of Jesus, the hope that we have in him, and giving them practical help, daily help on the ground um, each day as they go. Um, orphan Smiles, that um, we support the orphanage there in Kisumu, Kenya. And uh, we are helping support Pastor Francis and some of the, the church there, the Convoy of Christ Church, as they support a large number of orphans and widows. Practical, just day-to-day stuff, survival food and medical supplies um, and education to try to change their stars, so to speak, and change the situation. They're bringing hope. Uh, women, all of the women in the, uh, the orphanage there have HIV, AIDS, and have been um, many uh, cast out of their community or are seen as hopeless. Many of these children are from war-torn uh, parts of, of Kenya and uh, have lost their families. Many of them have lost their family too HIV and AIDS, and uh, they're cast aside and, and yet Orphan Smiles brings them some hope. Baptist World Aid Australia, we are seeking to partner with them more this year to uh, look for ways uh, that uh, throughout the year that we can support them and their work on the ground with families in some of the most impoverished and war-torn, disaster-torn areas in the world to bring about some real change of circumstances for them in those times of distress. What we want to do is try to be intentional as a church about making sure that all of our mission support what we do as a church, what we do locally, what we do globally, is about being used by God with whatever little we have to be used to try to bring about real change for individuals and families, whole communities of people who are in need. James 127 puts it this way It says religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In a world that, in our sort of world that says, I need more stuff, or in a Western sort of concept of the world that says, this is what you need and this will fix everything, we have to be willing to listen to those who are in need, to get to know them, or to to work on the ground with people who are getting to know them and, and, and meet those practical needs, to share God's love. Many years ago, there was a church from America that traveled to Africa. And they said, this community in Africa has no church. So we're going to build a church for them. And they had a project to go and and build a church. And so what they did, they built a church building. And they handcrafted these beautiful wooden pews for the people in the church. And they brought over with them uh, some little Baptist hymnals that they've been using in their church and they got some new Baptist hymnals, so they gave them the old ones. And, and uh, when they left, they left this church with this beautiful little building with these beautiful handcrafted pews, uh, a large wooden pulpit there which, uh, which filled the stage and all of these um, hymnals. When they left, they were only there for about two weeks. They built all this stuff and left. When they left... People in the community started using the building, but not as they'd planned. In fact, all the mission work kind of left that area and another missionary came in, another time through one of our Baptist agencies, and got to know them and said, Wait, they say we we don't have you know anything. And they said, But you, you've had this church building, and they said, Oh, what's a church? And the people had no idea what they were meant to do with it. And when he went into the old church building, he found out, well, people were sleeping on the pews. They thought, well, these are nice long things sleeping on. And they had torn apart the old uh, big wooden pulpit pin to have some firewood to keep them comfortable and stuff. And that had become a big fire pit there uh, to keep them comfortable as they slept on the pews. None of them spoke English or read English, and so they couldn't use any of the hymnals. didn't have any idea. What we have to do as a church is to make sure that we're not just presenting ourselves or our ways of doing things or our standards of things onto other people, whether that be locally, whether it be globally. We have to make sure that we're lifting up Jesus, that we're trying to follow Him. Now, we're not a big church, but we're part of a big family of followers of Jesus. And together, we can really bring about real change to the world, for those who are hurting in our community, our nation, our globe. I want to challenge us just to be intentional as a church about allowing God to transform us and allowing that faith in Jesus to flow into practical support for those in need locally and globally and bring about times of change and times of trouble. Let's just pray. God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you are so much greater than our, our needs You're so much greater than any of the needs around us. And and sometimes it can seem insurmountable. It can seem impossible. But you are a God of the impossible. You are a God in which nothing is impossible. You can do anything. And you will as we just trust in you. So Lord, help us to have a sort of faith in you, a trust in you that, that we surrender all of our lives to you, which flows out from that grace and peace in our community. Which out of that faith flows practical care for those in our area and those around the world. Lord, help us as a church to commit to being part of bringing about change in communities both locally and globally. You're a God who sees our circumstances. You love us too much to keep us there, to leave us there. You want us to to change and rise to more. Lord, you want us Uh, to be free of that persecution, to be free of the poverty, to be free of the domestic violence. Lord, help us to do what we can as a church family to bring about change, to pray, to support one another, to encourage one another in doing your work together as a church. Help us dream together. Help us serve together. Help us worship you together, not only in our songs, but with our lives. Be glorified, Lord, through what we do as your church on mission together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.